Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. From the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Welcome back. Hour number two. Great to be with you on a Thursday afternoon. They're playing basketball. NBA basketball, boys and girls. The Utah Jazz, an early five-point advantage, 20-15. to 15. They're up by five with 4.50 to go in the first quarter over the New Orleans Pelicans. They make it 21-15 after a second free throw up and good. So six-point lead early uh, for the Jazz, and doesn't that feel nice to give like a real-time update on a sports score? What a thing. By the way, 6.30, half an hour after we're off the air, we will take you out to Orlando for game two of the opening night of the NBA restart between the Los Angeles Clippers and the Los Angeles Lakers. Like that. The two L.A. teams occupying the same barn once again, this time on the other coast. Uh, if you missed anything in the first hour of the show, check it out on the podcast. The Two Tell Nuanas podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to that at your leisure. Rate, review, subscribe. We appreciate that. It's presented by Blackfoot and Alpine Touch. If you would like to uh, give us a call, you can, 361-3688. All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line, including our next guest right now. From Hero Sports, covers the FCS nationally. It's Brian McLaughlin. Brian, thanks so much for being with us. How are you doing this afternoon? Uh, probably as, uh, <laughs> as good as you guys are doing. We're all wondering by the hour what's going what's gonna to change next and uh, trying to make sense of it all with all the moving parts that are going on here in uh, college football. So 
I think we're all in the same boat, pretty much, wouldn't you say? We're all in the same boat. We're paddling with no oars, but we have the <laughs> salve of the NBA playing basketball to try and get us through at least till the next news comes across, right? I mean, that's yeah. that's where we're at. Brian, we want to obviously talk about the FCS and everything that's going on, but let's start with the SEC. You covered the SEC for a long time as well. They announced today that they're going to a conference-only schedule. What do you, what do you make of that? I mean, the, the SEC, I think, most people would say, right, the best conference in college football, they go ahead and they turn inward yeah. and play it. There might, this might be the one conference in America where all of a sudden their strength of schedule just went up by playing only each other. Yeah. Uh, I, I heard the uh, the sound of money, you know, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Yeah, I mean, right, exactly. I mean, they've they, uh, effectively dropped all of their payout games, obviously. Um, they've bumped up you know, two more conference games. You know, I think Florida, I went to Florida. I think they added Alabama. They weren't supposed to play them. And, um, you know, really the same goes to the ACC. You know, bringing Notre Dame into the picture and, and mixing that in, obviously they're setting up for TV revenue. Um, you know, who can blame them? They're doing the, the best in a weird situation because I don't think any of us expect full-capacity crowds, so – you know how you know how are you going to make your money? Well, TV revenue for the P5s those are going to be extremely healthy, especially if fans can't go to the stadium like they usually do. It'll be even more lucrative. Plus, we're all starved for you know any semblance of football. So, you know they did what's best for them, but it certainly hurts the level you guys and I cover a lot. I mean, and it it could have a domino effect that even in the next handful of days, if not hours, uh, could bring down our level. I mean, I, I don't I don't know what's next with this, but for the SEC, yeah, I mean, it's good for them, and uh, I don't see the passion going anywhere anytime soon with uh, SEC football, that's for sure. Well, let's, I want to ask you about that very thing, though, because like you said, the, 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 the Power Fives are – you know, doing what, you know, probably the smart thing to do, and that is ensure that they're going to be financially secure through the television monies, and I, I think there's a separate conversation there, but that is not something that the FCS can turn yeah. to, basically, right? And so well, I understand right. the payout games, those aren't there, and that hurts a lot of individual schools, uh, some of them very significantly, but when it comes to trying to play football, look, we, the FCS is already playing at a loss effectively anyway, just by existing, just by playing the game that they're playing. How how dire, though, is this from a financial aspect for them, uh, the way that this is setting up right now? Yeah, it, it's it's massive, and I have felt like several of the conferences that have not yet canceled, like let's say, for instance, the Southern Conference, there's no question these guys have been playing wait and see. You know, they, they're, um, you know, uh, the Citadel going to Clemson or whatever, those games obviously are three-quarters of a million dollars, a million dollars, whatever. And then on top of that, you know, we had that rule lifted this summer that only one FCS game could count toward bowl eligibility before we knew about all this this conference-only stuff that's happened in the last week or so. And the, there was the prospect of an FCS school that did want to stay and play could potentially add a second P5 game and make, you know, $1.5 to $2 million on two Saturdays. And that, you know, even if you're not going to have full stands because of COVID, you know, $2 million bucks 
and then whatever revenue you do make at the gate, you might be able to break even, and it, and it justifies playing a season. Now you've taken all the payouts out. You know, I guess there is still the potential to add a group of five games because so far, as of <laughs> what five o'clock your time, seven o'clock mine, as of right now, you know those group of five games are still intact for some conferences. Um, group of five may not be a three quarter of a million dollar payout, but it it might be a quarter of a million dollar payout. So there's still the potential to add those if that stands. But it, this is crushing news for any conference that I think was was right on the ledge with this decision. And I I have a feeling about the SoCon because they've kept pushing the decision back and pushing the decision back. And and in the last 24 hours we've We've learned what the ACC was going to do, which affected, I think, four of them. And the SEC, which the ACC and SEC, you know, they played those, you know, the arrogant college football fans call them the powder puff November games against largely SOCON teams. It's usually like a homecoming game. Those are big deals for SOCON teams, you know. And um, I don't know. It's just a, a nutty time, and keep we keep going in, down different rabbit holes every year. Uh, Every day. <laughs> right. Hey, Coulter Nuanas, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, you kind of took hey, the, cool. my next question right out of my mouth because I was going to ask you which, which conference <laughs> do you think has been impacted the most by the dominoes that have fallen in the Power Five? We know out here the Big Sky Conference depends so much on the Pac-12, but as we know, the Missouri sure. Valley Conference depends so much on the Big Ten. But then the SoCon, the Big South, you know, I guess the SWAC has already canceled, but even the Ohio Valley, some schools down there, they do depend on SEC, ACC games. So, I mean, where are we at just totally? I mean, do you think that the, the SoCon is the one that's maybe the most at risk right here, or what does this SEC decision, how do you think it impacts everything going forward with the seven conferences that have not canceled yet? Yeah, I, I, that's the one that I think it's it, just by actions or or lack of actions, however you want to put it. I've I've gotten that feeling with the SoCon. They keep pushing back the virtual media day. They just feel like they've been on hold, and it's made me wonder. Without I, you know, I've had a lot of sources tell me a lot of things, but I haven't gotten anything out of the SoCon definitively. You know. Um, but, you know, it, it could be, the, you know, the South. Right now, it looks like the South and OVC Big Sky in Missouri Valley and James Madison, I think James Madison, Elon, and maybe another school might might survive as independents out of the CAA. Um, they all seem like they're on more stable footing. That's the feeling I've gotten uh, than maybe where the SOCON stands. So, um yeah, we'll see about announcements. Uh, and let's, who are we kidding? These announcements, they need to come quickly, you know, so I really do think we're going to know pretty pretty quickly what, what's going to be the plan in September. Yeah, there's no good doubt about it. Well, let, let's flip it over to the positive side because we, we none of us okay. really know any of the answers about uh-huh. any of this stuff. But uh, one of my favorite parts about following you on Twitter, yeah, you and Sam Hurd both do a great job on Hero Sports, but uh, you're so Thank good you. at identifying – teams that are maybe on the up and up. You covered recruiting on the FCS level uh, better than anybody. And I know following you from the last couple of years, you sort of had 
uh, you were out ahead of everybody when it, ter- it came to a school like Nichols State, for example, kind of coming back and being a playoff team. And you kind of predicted that before they made a run in the playoffs. Or Austin P. I know you were kind of high on them coming into last year, and then they go ahead and, and upset Sac State, a seeded team in the playoffs, and make it to the quarterfinals before losing a game in Bozeman. Do you have any uh, uh, one or two or three teams around the FCS that maybe you like that you think that, you know, say we do have football that, that maybe has a little upward momentum coming into this year? Yeah, uh, you know, and I don't know how exactly Villanova, you know, Villanova is not officially out, um, although I don't know how they really can play coming out of the Philly area, considering all. But if, if, let's say, Villanova somehow, some way gets out on the field, everybody better watch out. They are loaded. And, um, And, again, like you touched on, I mean, a lot of it has to do with outstanding recruiting, They've been recruiting great, uh, doing a great job on the recruiting trail for a couple of years now. Um, I know they had two, uh, you know, one of our top five, top ten classes just this February, which those kids probably won't even, you know, get on the field this year because they're so deep coming back. But, you know, it's not like Villanova's never been a factor before. Obviously, they won a national title a little more than a decade ago or uh, – or one North Dakota state ago, or however you want to put it, you know, <laughs> what Villanova did win a title, I think in 08 or 09, without having everything in front of me, of course, but, um, you know, it's, it's been a good program before, but it, it, it that could be a real special one. Uh, when it comes to recruiting, just purely the last two years, the one that has jumped off the page to me, that maybe hadn't jumped off the page in a while is Stephen F. Austin. Because the minute that Colby Carthel came in from um, Texas A&M Commerce at the D2 ranks, you know, he had won a national title there. The minute he gets to campus at SFA, it's like, I mean, they started pulling in guys that were basically forgotten by P5s and G5s. Uh, and you know how Texas is. <laughs> you, there's a lot of them there. And they, you know, the Montana schools certainly know that Texas can be a place you can get players. Um, and Colby really racked up his first class and really turned heads. And he did it again this spring. And at some point, you know, I think that's going to pay dividends. I don't know if it'll be necessarily this year or next year, but at some point with that kind of coaching with, uh, you know, in that kind of recruiting, you you can see the writing on the wall just like, yeah, we did see that at Nichols and with, with Will Healy at Austin P. You knew something was going to change. It was just a matter of when. Uh, and that, that would be one other school that kind of, you know, we're, we're taking a look at. Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place. Our first meal was made better, as every meal is made better, by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke on my cereal in the morning. <laughs> it's it's reached that level of usage. And the fact that you left it, I knew that you left it at my house. You brought it over, left it at my house, and like a real jerk, I said nothing to you because I was like, well, that's mine, dude. That's it. You came to my house, you left it in my house, and I'm eating all of it. We've gotten so far into this Alpine Touch obsession, I think, that I just think we might be able to host a podcast about all the things that you can make with Alpine Touch. It would be short, 
everything. (laughs) They have a bunch of different varieties of spices, as we know. Uh, They are local from the state of Montana, Shoto, shout out, original Alpine Touch. And it's great when it's not just local, when it's not just supporting the state of Montana, but when it's also actually the best thing that you can get. I mean, when it comes to spices... Uh, it's second to none. So, boys and girls, use your Alpine Touch. Colter, tell them where they can get it. AlpineTouch.com, no matter where you're at in the entire world listening to this, if you are in the United States of America and you make an order of over $50, which, you know, if you get yourself the Grand Slam and maybe some barbecue sauce, some sunflower seeds, you're there. Free shipping anywhere in the United States of America right now. Uh, so go to AlpineTouch.com. They're rolling out all their summer Big Mountain flavor packages. The sunflower shoots are really, really good as well. Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. It's 2 Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Brian McLaughlin joining us from Hero Sports, covers the FCS nationally. Let's shift it to our neck of the woods here, Brian. The Big Sky Conference, it has uh, emerged over the past, you know, quite a while as being one of the, you know, top two or three conferences at the FCS level when it comes to football. Yeah. But one thing I've found that's interesting is, the teams that have been at the top of the Big Sky Conference have kind of been in the wash cycle a little bit, right? I mean, there's always a team or two that's kind of pops up and is better than than what you thought. So then Utah is a co-champion. You know, you got Sacramento State this past year. But now, yeah. with the building of Montana State under Jeff Choate, the reemergence of Montana with Bobby Houck, and what I would call the very stabilized force that is Jay Hill and Weber State, you have this group of somewhat blue bloods i realize weber state is a late entry to that group of teams but the top of the big sky is not just the top of the big sky it's the top of the big sky with teams that people expect to be good sort of year in and year out how much of a force does the rest of the country see as the big sky conference especially kind of at that top three four five teams of it yeah the the upper echelon is pretty scary you know and and i think we saw that when we we've seen the seedings you know, for the playoffs the right. last couple of years where the Big Sky's owned it. Now, you know, has the Big Sky had a JMU or North Dakota State? No. But that's about the only thing it hasn't had, you know. Um, the last three or four years, Weber State has been a top four overall FCS program. There's no question. They are, they are right there with NDSU, James Madison, South Dakota State, and Weber State. Those are your best four consistent programs of the last couple of years. Hmm. And now, thankfully, we have the Montana schools bouncing back into the national discussion, which we need that at this level. We need those powerhouses to be good, just like we need Delaware to be good. I think we've even talked about this on your show in the past. I mean, it's awesome to have these schools be good at football again uh, because, like you said, they're blue bloods. I mean, it's important. They've got great fans. They've got great stadiums and followings and, and passion the whole bit. And then you throw East Washington in there, which you know they're going to bounce back. And like you said, the fact that a UC Davis can pop up and become a national power, um, yeah, Southern Utah and what they did winning, what, two titles of the last five, I think, and um, Northern Arizona isn't usually a, necessarily a pushover. I mean, there's really not too many of the, too many of the programs have not had their bite of the pie in the last five years. I mean, even Portland State did great back in 2015. You know, they beat Wazoo, and uh, they beat two FBS teams in the, in the season. I mean, it's like, where do you go for the easy game aside from Northern Colorado, who 
oh, by the way, just hired McCaffrey as the coach. So you know what's going to, you know, the good things are going to start to happen there. So, uh, yeah, the only thing that, I, that spooks me sometimes about the big sky is how much they can potentially beat each other up on the way to a high-level playoff game. You know, would it be good for the big sky to have, you know, a really elite team step up out of this crew and be able to punch NDSU in the mouth every once in a while? That would be the next interesting thing, I think. But overall, you're right. We're talking about one of the elite conferences in the FCS, and it's been that way for a couple of years now. I mean, to, to affirm that point, since the league expanded from 9 to 13 teams in 2012, only – Northern Colorado and Idaho State have not made the playoffs. Every other team yeah. in the league have made the playoffs at least once. I believe seven, maybe as many as eight teams have shared a conference title. NAU is the only team I can think of off the top of my head. I guess Portland State actually didn't even share the conference title that year that they were the sixth seed. But basically, yeah. everybody's been in the mix for the conference title. Everybody's been in the mix for the playoffs. But you just kind of took the words right out of my mouth. The, even though the Missouri Valley has a lot of good teams, the league is very tiered. It's North Dakota State, and then it's South Dakota State, and then it's Northern Iowa and Illinois State, and then it's everybody else. And it seems to me yeah. that even though that they're so competitive, there's teams ranked in the top 25 all the time, you kind of know what you're getting in that league. And I feel like this league beats itself up a little bit. But that leads me to my next question. As we know, when the dust has settled, despite the rise in parity across the FCS for the last decade, there hasn't been any parity at all for the last man standing. It's been North Dakota State, and they've almost always been beating James Madison in the championship. And when you're talking about the Big Sky Conference, in your mind, Brian, what team in the Big Sky has the blueprint, the resources, and all the elements that it takes to maybe catch NDSU? Uh, I think you guys uh, reside in that state, is what I think. I, I believe think so. That, I think that the template... And, and we know it's been done before at both schools in Montana. The template is there to do a lot of the same things that NDSU does. I mean, uh, it's the biggest thing in the state. Uh, you're not competing with 15 pro sports for passion and attention and dollars. Um, there, there is immense pride in these programs. Um, you have hotbeds that... You know, NDSU, I'm in Tampa, Florida, okay? Tampa Tampa has become a, a hotbed for NDSU to come fly in here because they've always had an assistant coach or two who has ties to this area, which is brilliant on their part, to come down here and get skill position talent. The Montana schools can do the same thing in California and Texas. Um, you know, they can attract that kind of talent. You combine that with the type, type of tough kid you're going to get in-state which is what the Dakota schools do too. And you see similarities in how that can happen. I don't know that it can happen the same way necessarily in the Northern Arizona down at Flagstaff. I mean, I guess it could, but you know, there's a lot more going on down in Phoenix and you know, that distract people from being big NAU fans. You know, you go to a game at Montana with that backdrop and, that's a big deal, and that will win recruits over. And if your team is winning consistently, you can – like what NDSU does down here, you can go into Tampa, and now people have seen you on ESPN game. People have seen you win national titles. People have seen you beat Iowa and Kansas State over the years. And you're no longer this school from a place nobody's heard of. People have heard about NDSU down here. You can recruit down here. The Montana schools can do the same thing. They've done it over the years anyways. 
I think it's probably the best potential state for that to happen. Uh, and let's face it, NDSU has definitely dominated the last decade. There's no question about that. But think about the title games. They have not been out of hand since 2015 when they when Carson Wentz hammered Jacksonville State. And even the year before that, Illinois State had them in the last minute. They had them beat. You know, JMU's games with them have have been decent games. Eastern Washington's game, they, they were pushing, you know, in the fourth quarter before, I think, a late pick. I was standing on the sideline when it happened. I mean, those games have not necessarily been out of hand. I mean, and, and NDSU has definitely dominated the line of scrimmage in those games, whatever. But, you know, and then on top of that, there are, it, they have six or seven Missouri Valley losses in conference play over the last decade. It's just they don't lose to those teams in the rematch in the playoffs which is a mark of a great program. But I don't think that other teams are 50 miles away from reaching NDSU's place. But they really do a special job when they get into the playoffs, and that's been the difference, you know. Um, But, yeah, to answer your question, instead of rambling, sorry, guys, uh, I'd say, you know, Montana or Montana State. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Well, Brian, I have a theory for you, Brian. And as we know, college football, especially when it comes to playoff college football in November and December, is all about matchups. I think the formula that NDSU has, win the Missouri Valley, get a top-two seed, never leave Fargo. I mean, North Coast right. State has not played a away game in the playoffs since they played at Montana State back in 2010. That's when I first got back to Montana. <laughs> yeah. That's 10 years ago. That's insane. But my, my whole theory has always been that oftentimes – Power-run, defensive-minded teams are going to beat spread teams in the playoffs. And that's proven to be true in the FCS playoffs. That said, I think the best way to beat NDSU is with a powerhouse offense that throws it over the top. I think the one of the biggest factors, I mean, I think the biggest factor of NDSU winning all these titles has been resources, buy-in, exposure, culture, tradition, all the things we talk about that's made them such a strong program. You can't take anything away from them. They have the formula. There's no question. They've recruited better, developed better, all of it. But I think one of the factors that people don't talk about is who they haven't had to play in the playoffs. When you look at their yeah. title game victories, Sam Houston State two years in a row. I mean, Sam Houston State's running the spread option. They're a run-first team even though they're playing at a high tempo. Towson was all Terrence West. It was a power eye team. Illinois State, a run team. Jacksonville State, a run team. Youngstown State, a run team. James Mass has been more balanced in recent years, and that's certainly a credit to them. And the Eastern Washington team they beat, that was an explosive offense for sure. But it was my always my thought. Eastern Washington under Bo Baldwin losing in the semifinals of the FCS playoffs four times in six years was a huge factor in NDSU winning the national title. I thought Cooper Cup, Gage Gubrud, Kendrick Bourne, those guys, that would have been the best, uh, the best opponent, the best, the, the best opponent to take. Because if you try to beat NDSU at their own game, you get what Montana State's got the last two years. You get smushed. Yeah, you can't do it. That's a good point. But what what do you think of just the thought? I mean, do you think it's going to take a high flying, you know, Oklahoma style offense to take down this juggernaut? Because to me, I just don't think you could beat NDSU at their own game. Yeah, I think it takes a couple things, obviously. Uh, I remember one of the first times I ever wrote a story about this juggernaut was uh, the first year I worked at Hero, and I talked to Coach Stitt uh, because Montana had beaten them in the preseason game that we all watched. Uh, I talked to Brock Spack, 
at Illinois State who had Carson Wentz pinned down until the last minute of the 2014 title game. And I talked to Coach Stiglmeyer, Stiglmeyer at, um, at uh, you know, South Dakota State because they had come close a bunch of times up to that point. And then they went on to beat them twice in the next two regular seasons right after I wrote that story. And I was like, what is it about these guys? And they pretty much all said they are a train tracks team. And when they are on their train tracks, good luck. But if you can knock them off of that, if you can get them behind um, and, you know, and, and knock them out of their comfort zone, and <laughs> good luck trying to figure out the recipe for this. But if you can figure it out, that's, that's the key. Knock them off balance because if you get in their way, they're going to mow you down. And then also, you got to force a turnover, too. You're going to have to have that. And we've seen a couple teams do that to them, and, it, and it, you know, it's been interesting. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I could see, you know, a, a, a really athletic team. There's no, I mean, you get a, you get a certain P5 team or, or so to play against them. That, that would be interesting to see if, if they completely fold against really, really superior, you know, um, you know, five-star level athletes. Uh, I'd be curious to see that. But, um, boy, at this level, <laughs> trying to find an offense that could knock them off their rocker, I, that's tough. No I'll problem. be honest with you guys. I, I, I think it's still I, – I think you still need to do what they do to, ex, to a certain extent. And I think several Missouri Valley teams have copied that and have given them help from time to time uh, because they almost played it as well as NDSU. Like Illinois State, like you said, is like that. Um, there, there's a couple other programs. You know, Youngstown has given them fits over the years. Northern Iowa has given them fits. Not necessarily knocking them off, but the games have been really good because they're tough too. Um, so I don't know that that answered Joel's question, but <laughs> I, I think it's I think it's a solid answer. I think it was a thorough answer, and we appreciate it, Brian. Uh, always good to hear from you, Brian McLaughlin covers the FCS for Hero Sports nationally. Brian, where can people follow you along on Twitter? Read your stuff, obviously, HeroSports.com. But where where else can they get you? Uh, yeah, obviously, like you said, Hero Sports. Um, we got a new look to our site, so we'll take a look at that. HeroSports.com. And then, uh, you know, Sam Herger and I are on Twitter. Uh, one of the most fun things about this gig is, is uh, getting to know the fans. Sometimes they aren't real happy with you, as I'm sure you guys have run into. What? From time to time. <laughs> what's, what's, what's Sam's new shirt say? Sam Herter hates my team. That's the shirt Sam's been wearing around lately. Sam Herter hates my team. Insert name here. I love it. Hey, I bought three of them. I bought one for myself and my and my twins. There you, you know, go. We're gonna pose for it. Yeah, yeah. You gotta buy a Sam Herder hates my team shirt. It all goes <laughs> to Karen, so why not? Uh, but yeah, we we've got a pretty heavy footprint on on um, on Twitter, and uh, we love. I don't, man, I love talking to the FCS fans. Such a cool level. You guys know it. I mean, it's just such a cool level. So, you know, please connect and. Um, you know, let's let's talk some SDS football. Even if we're not 100 percent sure it's going to happen, we know it's going to happen eventually. So there you let's go. Talk about it. Absolutely, hey, Brian. Appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll catch up again soon. All right. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, guys. I, I always love coming on and 
you uh, you guys live in God's country, and I, I love it every time I come up there. So uh, <laughs> thanks for having me on, guys. You bet. Well, we hope you're back soon because it probably means there's a football game happening. You know, that's what I think about that. So there you go. Brian McLaughlin, boys and girls, thanks to him for coming on from Hero Sports. We'll take a quick break on the other side. Shane Barnett from the All Nations Health Center going to talk to us about Indigenous Indigenous People's Night uh, celebration at the Paddleheads Field this weekend. 5K run. Talent show is going to be some fun next. Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. NBA, of course, there's a 23-point swing in the first half. Why wouldn't there be? You know? Old house rules. Can't change the channel until they're down by 28. That's how it should be. The Pelicans were down, I think, 20-9. to They are now up 52-40. 419 remaining in the first half. It's 2 Tell New Orleans, 1029 ESPN Radio. Great to be with you. Hey, you want to listen to the show and you want to get it right now? You want to listen live? In fact, you can listen to the station anytime live. On the website, 1029ESPN.com. You listen all the time. Thanks to our friends at Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. We're happy now to go to the Rankage Brothers RV phone line and welcome in Deshane Barnett. He is uh, from the All Nations Health Center, and uh, the All Nations Health Center is hosting Indigenous People's Night. It is a celebration at the Paddlehead Field this Saturday. There's going to be a 5K. There's going to be a Natives Got Talent talent competition. I'm pumped up about this. Deshane, how are you, man? Thanks so much for being with us. Great to have you on. Thank you. Yeah, I'm doing great. Thank you for having us on. Well, we're excited to have you on, and we're excited about uh, about Saturday over there at uh, Ogren Park and Allegiance Field. Now, Indigenous Peoples Night was last year, you know, as associated with then an Osprey game. Now we don't have baseball, but you said, well, you know, let's still do this thing. We know they've been having events over there all the time. Tell us about this Indigenous Peoples Celebration that's happening on uh, on Saturday. Yeah, so I mean, obviously because of COVID, we had to change up our plans a little bit. We were originally going to do a powwow, but there's really no way to, I mean, a powwow is a social event. You can't distance at it. So right. uh, we came up with this idea of a talent show, and we thought it's just a great way if we're going to be celebrating, you know, uh, the indigenous people in and around Missoula, let's show how off how awesome they are. I mean, we have, we have singers, we have dancers, we have poets, uh, we have you know, just all kinds of performers who have these amazing talents. So let's share that with everybody. Tell us a little bit more about that. I mean, how, how are you going to judge this thing? Because if anybody that has not ever seen uh, particularly dance competitions when it comes to Native American peoples in the state of Montana, it's it's one of the most fun things you can watch. No you know, there's varieties of different categories, and it's so much fun. But I mean, tell people a little bit more about that element, and, and how will you determine the ultimate winner? I mean, do you have a panel of judges, or tell us a little bit more about just this event? Yeah, yeah. So uh, we do, we're putting together, uh, we're finalizing our, our panel because we have actually, I just, we haven't got a confirmation, so I can't say who, but hopefully a really cool local 
uh, you know, well-known person uh, who who may or may not um, be someone everybody knows. <laughs> My confirmation's uh, but, coming. I promise you, Shane. I'm not going to send it in. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, he may or may not be the leader of our great city, so we'll figure that out. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we're working together uh, with the Paddleheads. We've got a panel of judges, and, you know, it, it's because this is not just, you know, powwow dancing. This is where we have folks who are going to be doing all kinds of, you know, contemporary stuff. We have a, a young man from the CSKT reservation who's going to be rapping. Um, we've got some amazing songs um, from some young women. So it is. It's going to be difficult, and, you know, the judges are going to have a really hard time because we have a lot of talent in Missoula's native community. Tell us a little bit about the, the 5K. It, what's the what's the format? Where it, Will it be held in the stadium, outside the stadium? How does that whole element of this thing work? Yeah. So, I mean, Paddleheads have done an amazing job setting the stadium up for social distancing uh, and keeping everything safe during COVID. So it'll take a, a little bit of the same format as a regular 5K we're going to have staggered starts, so if you're not familiar, the paddleheads have the field set up so that there's boxes and everybody isolates in their own box. You know, the, the you know is outdoors, and they're all at least six feet away from each other. And then we call up, you know, the categories, and then we let the runners do a staggered start. And we've got this really awesome uh, equipment through competitive timing so that, you know, we can have, you know, one person start, you know, and then give it a minute and then have another person start. And we'll call them up by category. And then the run is actually outside the park, through Silver Park, and then on the, the trail, on the Kim Williams Trail. Deshane Barnett joining us. He's the, the executive director at the All Nations Health Center and uh, also talking to us about Indigenous People's Celebration that's happening this Saturday uh, at uh, Ogren Park in Allegiance Field, the home of the Paddleheads. And Deshane, this is great. This is all free? Is that, am I under, is that, do I have this information right? This can't be right. The, to, to participate in the the run in the 5K, there is actually it's five dollars for kids and ten dollars for adults. But the Missoula Natives Got Talent is absolutely free. All, all we do is we ask people to you know sign up for a ticket, and that's so that we can do our contact tracing. Um, you know, we we take COVID very seriously. Um, we, you know, we we're doing everything uh, to make this a safe event. But in the you know the the rare occurrence that we did need to contact people. That's really why you sign up for a ticket for the talent show. And, yes, they're absolutely free. We just need your contact information. And where can people sign up? If they go to our website, allnations.health, we're actually one of the first people in the nation who got that uh, domain. It's, so it's not .org or .com. It's .health. So allnations.health, or they can go to our Facebook page um, and just find us, All Nations Health Center, on Facebook, and the link is on there. Beautiful new website. I was just checking it out yesterday, actually. It looks great. Shannon, I want to give you a little bit of a platform here to tell people a little bit about All Nations Health Center as well, people that maybe aren't familiar with it or, or maybe knew it by a different name. It used to be Missoula, Missoula Urban Indian Health Center, but you guys just gone through a name change, new logo and everything, but still the same mission within Western Montana. So tell people a little bit about what you guys do down there at the health center. Yes, yeah, so we are a comprehensive uh, health care center. We have medical services, dental mental health, chemical dependency services. And the thing about our organization is the services are designed by Native people for Native people, but our services are open to everyone. It's a, you know, a Native value, traditional value is, you know, generosity and, and we share what we have. And if we have, you know, a, a resource and a service 
and someone can benefit if they need medical care, dental care, if they need some kind of behavioral health service, and we have it, we are going to, you know, open them, open our doors to them. And that's, that's why we changed our name so that people know, you know, we're in Missoula, we're a community and we are people of all nations and our health center is here to serve all of those nations. Well, Deshane, that's fantastic. And the All Nations Health Center is, is, is such a valuable asset to this community as well in, in all of the different ways that you support and help and take care uh, of the folks that are here. And we're excited about Saturday as well. 730 uh, is when the uh, uh, talent show gets started. So get down there for that. And the 5K also as well. You want to participate in there and uh, get a little get a little jog, a little walk going and uh, move around a little bit. Then come in and, and have a, a ton of fun at the talent show. It's going to be a blast. Deshane. Barnett, Executive Director of the All Nations Health Center. DeShane, thank you so much for being here, man. We really appreciate it. No, thank you guys for having me on. DeShane Barnett, man. That's the way you do it right there. Really like DeShane. Always uh, always happy, informative, and uh, very, very helpful. It's going to be a fun day over there, so get on down. Saturday, you're looking for something to do in the evening, hang out outside, beautiful on the river. I mean, what it's going to be it's going to be fun, and you're right. I mean, like I would like to think that most folks – Western Montana, across the state of Montana, that we have, uh, you know, that we are in proximity to some of the the Native American traditions, certainly the peoples, obviously the reservations and things like that around our state that enrich it, in, it culturally so very much. And so many of these things are are amazing, man. And and I, this is going to be an absolutely wonderful and enjoyable event. If you have or haven't ever been to any sort of cultural uh, Native American event like that. Go check it out. You, you will love it. Yes, you, you will. will. You will love it. It, it. In terms of the cultural connectivity to nature and culture simultaneously, as well as like Deshane said, just bringing communities of people from all different backgrounds together, it's an awesome thing. I mean, you will see some unbelievable dancing, singing. It, it, it's going to be a great night. And what's better than free entertainment? I mean, this is about as good as it gets. You're talking August 1st. It's going to be one of the nicest nights of the year. The sun's going to stay up forever. You're down by the river. You're in one of the great venues in all of Missoula. So if you have the opportunity, go check it out. Ogren Park Allegiance Field. Around 6 o'clock, everything gets started. 7.30 for Natives Got Talent, the uh, Indigenous Peoples Night at Ogren Park Allegiance Field. I was dragging coming into this. I'm feeling good now. We wrap this segment up. The show up right after this. Coulter, during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced, it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf. And nobody better than Western Birch to get your round started right. That's right. Golf's been definitely one of my favorite pastimes during quarantine times. And it's recently landed my new Western Birch customized golf tees. Go check out Western Birch golf tees at westernbirch.com. These classy golf tees are made of 100% white birch hardwood and printed with high quality color right here in the United States. A company founded right here in Montana. These durable wood golf tees, perfect way for you to market your business. Just think, anytime you break a tee, your brand is sitting on the tee box forever. You can hand them out to your clients, your buddies, your golf partners, whoever. Great way to earn top-of-mind awareness while also playing a sport we all love. Again, you can check out all the cool designs online at westernbirch.com. Add your logo on a 1,000 of any of their tees for $150 delivered to your door. Give them to clients, friends. Watch them get impressed by the quality of the look of a simple golf tee and by your creativity. Give Western Birch the opportunity to show you what they are talking about. Email and ask for Chad at info at westernbirch.com, info at westernbirch.com, or follow on Instagram and Facebook, westernbirch.com. 
Welcome back to Dylan Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, across the great state. 406, what's up? If you uh, missed anything in the show today, you can listen on the podcast, go out there, revisit anything you enjoyed, anything that you missed, share it, rate, review, subscribe. We appreciate that. The podcast available thanks to Alpine Touch and Blackfoot. Yes, Coulter. Ralph Rousseau, do you know who that is? No. Ralph Rousseau has been the uh, the head college football writer for the Associated Press for mm. ever since I started reading the newspaper. 30 okay. years at least. Yep. Anytime you ever read a like a feature about national college football, this is an AP headline. It's usually by Ralph Rousseau. So he's he's pretty basic in his writing, but he's also he's always got it covered and dipped in and everything. I thought this was a good tweet to put things in perspective. The Ralph Rousseau just tweeted, the conference-only model is not really about safety as much as, as it is about flexibility. If you only are dealing within teams with your conference, you can move games around. It's also about prioritizing crowning a champion of some sort Hence feeling like you had a legitimate season. It makes sense. It's too bad that it's going to leave so many of the smaller schools out to dry in terms of the payouts. But it does make sense. You know, it's interesting to me. We we know any any football team that's playing a conference, one of the goals, right, presumably that they're going to have is winning their conference, right? Like that's a, a, a you know... That's that's a that's a check the box type of deal. A lot of teams, some teams, I'm sure, make a bigger deal out of it than others. But it's something that you really want to do. Also, depending on how it happens, very often, uh, winning the Big Sky, or, you know, let's say the Big Sky Championship, whatever your conference championship is, it happens in passing. If that makes sense, like right. it's it's not a tournament. You don't go in, like sometimes on the last day of the season, you know, if Cat Grizz is also for the Big Sky Conference Championship, that's amazing. But guess what? It's so secondary to that game at that moment, you know, right. that it's, it's you know, I know it's a big deal ultimately, but like no, it's, nobody it's a, gives a rip that you're Big Sky it's, Conference it's, Champions. Well, it's so true because like when you when you recap Travis Lule's career, for example, at Montana State. Right. And you lead with, as a true freshman, one in Missoula over the Grizzlies, ten to seven, to snap the streak. And then you go secondarily, they were beat, beat, the, beat the Grizz three out of four times in his career. Then you go third, led Montana State to a share of three straight or three out of four Big Sky Conference titles. Yes, three out of four Big Sky titles is an amazing run for a quarterback. That's third when you talk about Travis Lee. That's resume. right. That's right. And but and okay, so that's unique to Montana, state of Montana, no, right? No. Okay, no, no. I get that. That's fine. All I'm saying is, especially in a big state conference where it's often a shared title because there's so much parity, right. because you don't play a full round robin and all that kind of stuff. The big winning your conference title is something that you sort of get after the fact. There's a lot of teams that have won a conference title that weren't even playing a football game. They had their resume was sure. done, and then another team sure. lost, and then they became the champ. But now the Power Fives have pet championship games, so you do have this That's right, moment. exactly. But I guess my point is, is you know, if you don't have a playoff, mm-hmm. the FCS level, you can still play for that thing and that being your title and that being the goal, but it's a very different feel to have it happen, if I may say, passively because you just stack week after week of regular season football the way that you do as opposed to a tournament or even as opposed to a plus one. And I would think that if there is no, quote, postseason national tournament, that a 
a a conference championship game is in order. Sure, sure. Right? Like, no let's go play a game for 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 it all. And it could be in the Big Sky. It could be a four team deal. You could have a sem- a yep. conference semifinal yep. conference tournament yep. deal. Tomorrow, Friday, we'll yeah. wrap up the month of July as well as wrap up the week with a big show. Got Tom Wistershill, Commissioner of the Big Sky Conference, leading the show. We also have Kent Haslam, University of Montana Athletic Director, coming on midway through the first hour. We also have Leon Costello joining us to start the second hour tomorrow, so be sure to tune in for that. But we are expecting definitive news tomorrow. It ain't happening. Yeah. This is from the Big Sky Conference. Just tweeted seven seconds ago, the Big Sky Conference President's Council met today to review options regarding competition this fall for its member institutions and intercollegiate athletic teams. The council decided to reconvene after the NCAA Board of Governors meets again next week. That's August 4th. In the meantime, school administrators continue to monitor closely the situations near their campuses, the national landscape, and decisions by other conferences. So, August 4th is Tuesday. We will not know really the Big Sky Conference's future until then, but we will have updates in terms of possibilities from three of the most powerful men in the league tomorrow. Well, and again, I think it'll be a great show to get a sense, right, of what, no where, where are we at, what do we feel, and hopefully, you well, know. I, I just have some logistical questions, too. I mean, I just want to know, just from the athletic director standpoint, from both Kent and Leon, if and when you do explore an independent schedule, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Montana, on Montana State side of things, right? You you had a $675,000 payout from Utah. You're off the hook, quote-unquote, now from not having to pay Long Island two seventy five. But where is that $400,000? Where does that leave you financially? How, I, I just The money is such the most one of the most impactful parts to me, and that's what I want the answers to. And so uh, we will definitely – I mean, I know those guys are more than willing to share the answers. So yeah. we'll, we'll go through all the scenarios tomorrow. Uh, right now, halftime. Pelicans, Jazz mentioned the Pelicans were down 11 early. Well, they're up a dozen at the break, 60 to 48. A game probably that New Orleans absolutely has to have to keep their postseason hopes alive, even though it's the first game back. Uh, that game on TNT. Game number two, also on TNT. Lakers, Clippers. We will have the broadcast beginning for you at 6:30. Opening tip, seven o'clock Mountain. Tonight, right here on ESPN Radio. Boys, thanks, boys and girls, thanks for being with us. We appreciate it. See you tomorrow. To a tale in New Orleans. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here. And if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org. Or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.